This is the Impossible Things Podcast. Here are three average guys discussing the impossible. Jesse Human, Jimmy Donahue, and your host, Kyle Cole. Welcome back to the Impossible Things Podcast. It is me here with uh, hand-waving <laughs> Jesse. That's J-Dog to you. Oh, J-Dog and <laughs> hand-wavy Jimmy. Uh, yep, that's still Jimmy. Just Jimmy. Oh, just Jimmy. Uh we are here. I feel like we're back at the beginning. Does anybody else feel like we're back at the beginning? I feel like there's definitely uh, some mm. circles that have been happening. I feel, like we've, I, I feel like we have folded a piece of paper almost in half, and we've shot from one side of the paper to the other side of the paper, and I really feel that's how I feel right now. I mean, I know it doesn't sound like much of anything, but that's how I feel. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. If you were to give a name to that phenomenon, what, what do you think you would call it? Paper foldy theory. Wow, <laughs> not quite as catchy as wormhole, but yeah, yeah. you're uh, you're like those guys that name stars. <laughs> Seriously, Alpha Centauri. What the heck is that? What is that anyway? <laughs> okay, enough of those shenanigans. Let's pick some new shenanigans. Let's do it. What are we talking about today, guys? As if it wasn't obvious. We are talking yep. about time travel. Again? I feel like we've already done this. Okay, the joke doesn't work because we're not talking about deja vu. We're talking about time travel. I know, but see, if we've <laughs> gone back you. in time That's from good. this point and we posted today's episode three years ago, we might have something, Jimmy. Yeah, but we also would already know that that joke wasn't going to land, so we wouldn't have said it. Yeah, see, joke's on you. I already knew that joke wasn't going to land. Ha ha! <laughs> this is uh, ridiculous. This is ridiculous. We should decease this. Decease? We should uh, desist. This is. That's the one. Stop. Okay. No, we're done. We're done with that. Okay. Okay. So we talked about time travel once before. We talked about it at the very, very beginning of this podcast. It was our first episode way back in 2013. Wow. That was, uh, that was multiple trips to and from China ago for, for me and Jimmy. And that was multiple horrible work projects ago for Jesse yeah. and Jesse, have you had another child in that time? I don't remember. I think yeah. you have. Yeah. Yes. Definitely, definitely did. I'm about to ta- attack my second one on tomorrow. It's going to be great. Well, I'm yeah. excited for you, man. It's going to be awesome. I oh, thank you. That it's going like to be interesting. The weirdest thing for Lincoln and 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 you guys, like this is the last night you get to go to bed with your family in this construction. Yep. Like, this is the last day he gets to be an only child. Wow. One of the one of the adults in the house is having a tough time with that. I'll bet you can't guess which one it is. Mm. Okay, it's both of us. I lied. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's anyway. weird. Like in the in the traditional birth scenario, you know it's coming, but it just happens sometime. In in this scenario where you you scheduled it, isn't that kind of crazy? It's just weird. It's weird to know. It's weird to know that I will not come back to this house without without yeah. a second kid. It uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing, and it gives you a lot more time to come to grips with it. Like, not that it's a bad thing, but it, like, it's just weird. It's like knowing the future, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is kind of crazy. It, I it, mean, it, not, not to tie like the that. two together entirely. I mean, I'm sure everybody in podcast <laughs> land is totally fascinated by uh, my personal life. But No, I mean, I am. personal life. I mean, I am. I'm the, I'm the only one out of this group right now that is both not married and without child. So I, I, whenever you and Jesse talk about your guys' kids, I'm always incredibly fascinated by it. It's, it's a mind-blowing change to life, Jimmy. That's, that's for, for certain. 
it, like, I've heard a lot of people explain it like it is like a lot of people say like oh no it really sounds corny but it is actually life changing like you look at things differently when you have a child mm-hmm. and I'm just really I'm just really interested to see that transition it's well it's like watching it's, it's almost at least at times for me it's like watching what I imagine I responded to situations like as a kid or I mean I didn't know my wife as a child but the way she responded to situations as a kid it's just really weird to watch them like approach things almost the same way you think you would have at that age knowing what you knew then perhaps mm-hmm. but not quite and like their own way and then just watching them figure life out is mind-blowing it's the weirdest thing like i don't remember ever being able to like learn something and like retain it that fast ever as I like can like watch my son do. It's so such a trip. The, I think you said you said last week sometime, Kyle. Like you were talking about somebody who didn't have a kid, and you said, "Oh yeah, uh, they think that that maintaining a relationship takes a lot of time, or something like." That <laughs> do you remember that? I don't remember who it was in reference to, but yes, I do remember saying that. You're like, oh yeah. So naive, like you have kids. <laughs> it's 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 just it. I feel I felt bad. I, I'm sure I felt bad after I said it because mm. that's the thing that always frustrated me or frustrates me currently is when somebody goes, "Ah, oh, you'll understand when you get married, or you'll understand when you have kids." And it's like, not only is it true that like you do understand whatever context you know that it is that makes people say that, but like it's so true and it's painfully true. So much so that I like want to like virtually slap people <laughs> like who have told me that and just be like I know it's true you don't have to tell me I'm sure I'll find out when it happens yeah because the warning doesn't help anything it's just you no. know more of the same I guess at that point it's just but, so somebody can say I told you so <laughs> I suppose so I guess that's all it is it's maybe them and their feeble attempt at trying to tell themselves hey I told you so yeah Ugh. anyway okay oh putting me to sleep let's get See, the I show knew it. Let, yeah let's do it Okay, so Jimmy, Jimmy and I. Well, okay, we've got three stages of us listening to the first episode of uh, of this entire endeavor. Right. Uh, Jimmy didn't listen to it at all, as promised. Yep. Nope. I I had promised not to, and then uh, decided <laughs> about an hour and a half ago that I could not contain myself and tried to listen to it. Wow. Uh, realized we were unlistenable three years ago, <sighs> and uh, shut it off to do current research. And then Jesse listened to it like on Monday. I Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, it's had a week to was, simmer on it. It was early in the week, sometimes. Okay, yeah, so that that being thing, I really did, and uh, and I agree with you about the first ten minutes, and I think after that, sometime after that, it got a lot more listenable, and we started getting comfortable talking to each other in this format, well, and uh, it, it became pretty pretty enjoyable. I don't. <laughs> so what I think what I think happened was is that we were so excited about doing our first podcast. That we all went to because we did it at Jesse's house, right? That was the mm-hmm. first one we ever did. I believe so, yeah. And it was it. It wasn't one of the times where I had worked all night and then came over <laughs> at like six in the morning, right? Yeah, was, I think it wasn't. It was. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because I think what one of the problems we figured out on the first day was is that we spent like two hours talking about nothing, not recording it. And we like burnt ourselves out, and then tried to talk about time travel. Like, 
You get, am I remembering this wrong? I remember- no, no, no. I think I was just about to say, I think it's one of the times we were like, we're going to sit down, we're going to record four episodes. It's going to be great. And we got through one. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was horrible. It was, we, we were so we were wildly optimistic about how that day was going to go. Yeah. And well, it was not that way. I do remember that too. You, you know, it's actually something that like, I actually really kind of like the way we're doing it now with with doing it this way online just because I feel like it feels a lot more organic and I feel like we're catching a lot more like like this is just us talking which I think is great and I think it's a lot more I think it's, it's probably it's more conversational more approachable for people who don't know us that well and then for people who do know us that well makes them uh, not hate the content as much I think <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you do you're curious about the first episode especially after you hear all the things we talk about this time the way to find the old one, because I don't believe that you can find it through iTunes anymore. No, it was, iTunes only caches the last ten episodes. Boo. And uh, let's see here. What's, uh, so you what's go, the other one? You go to the website, impossiblethingspodcast.com, and then you can look in the archive, and it's just the oldest one. It's like August 2014. 2013. 2013. Yeah. Yes, and it is up there. That's why I had to listen to it through the website, because like, none of our other platforms... like iTunes does 10, and then um, the other SoundCloud does 3. Oh, wow. Google Play, I think, does 10 as well, but that's like that's the extent of what we can offer through the podcasting apps, yeah. which is weird. There's got to be a way to expand that, but I haven't really given the time to, <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah, some, uh, some podcasts that I listen to, I feel like their entire catalog is available. It's up on the app. Yeah, I agree. I, f- I think there's a couple that I picked up that had, like, it was one of my favorite ones that I finally just blew through the last couple of like old ones I hadn't heard, and I think I did it all through iTunes. But that that was ninety nine percent visible. By the way, that was a uh, that. I mean, I like hearing other people's like first attempts at their podcast because like it makes me feel a little bit better about ours, knowing that like these highly produced, really well planned and thought out, and uh, even the conversational ones, but like the ones that are really planned out well, like they had some rough beginnings, so I feel a little bit better, more. I don't know, vindicated with how we handled ourselves initially. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think there's some, uh, there's even some podcasts now that I listen to where I'm like, well, you know, they sound more organized than we are, which I mean, really, the only organized one out of the three of us is Jesse anyways. So, yeah. uh, That's fair. Uh, but there's a couple of podcasts I listen to now that get like, like tens of thousands of, of listens every day. And yeah, their recordings sound horrible. <laughs> yeah, but that's fair. That's very true. I will say, uh, of the production quality, I think ours is one of the highest ones yeah. of the ones I listen to. I listen to about ten to twelve yeah, on a regular more. basis. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty high quality when we were all in the same room and using good mics. It's still like even even this method, like still to me sounds. I mean, for the most part, sounds better. But either way, I I really dig it. I'm glad with where we've. Uh, gone and where we've come from okay. I'm, I'm proud of it even if it's just for the three of us let's talk about time travel let's right. do it good idea it's been 11 minutes hey but it's been an organic 11 minutes okay <laughs> this is where people have fast forwarded to right here a lot of, a lot of people like they, organic. They, some people don't they have fast forwarded in time they've i bet they wish they could <laughs> no they have they've gone forward in time 11 minutes oh yeah it's, it's great so but Since it, 2013, it like 11 minutes. Oh, it probably felt like uh, forever, eternity even. 
so since 2013, with the last set of research we found, I tried to find any research that was done or placed after 2013. And I have to tell you, I don't know if you realize this, Jesse, or if you even looked anything up, Jimmy, but in it seems like 2016 has been a damn good year for time travel. Oh, no, I didn't look anything up. In just Everything I found has been from the last, like, 90 days. Oh, wow. Neat. Yeah, I found, yes. some, I found some recent stuff, but I don't know if mine was that recent. It's very interesting. Je- Jesse, what did, you, what did you find? Let's start with yours. Let's see. I had an article. And I... Does. Nope, that's not it. Yeah, that must be it. No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, this was it. Physicists have new proof that backwards time travel is impossible. Okay, and, well, I guess we're done. Thanks, yeah. Jesse. Appreciate it. Well, no, it's it, it actually, it, like, the title alone, like, you know, to play more into the way the political news spectrum has been, just reading the title right there validates a bunch of information I, I had already gathered, which it's very easy to go forward in any scientific way that I can research or that I can figure out through my understanding of the universe at my very feeble levels of that, that I've never been able to think of a scientific way to go backwards, but there are so many scientific ways to go forwards. However, however, it's all relative. So I found. So what is this article about? Let's see. You, you read it. It's you about, found it. Yeah. It's about uh, nuclei, cell nuclei. And uh, I guess that, that nobody thought that they had a directional orientation. So okay. That, that kinda, directional I don't, on what spectrum? I don't know why. Uh, oh, yeah. Directional. I don't know. Just anyway. Hmm, they like they a, were perfectly spherical. You know, they didn't have a... Oh, I see what you mean. They weren't directional going Directional indir- in direction, not like time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think they obviously travel forward. I don't know. I would assume so. So, for some reason, I don't... And, and he doesn't really explain. This is by Max Planky. He's nobody to me. Probably just some journalist. Okay. Since he references scientists or physicists, you can assume he isn't one. So. Oh, that's true. Uh, but he's so for some unknown reason, and I didn't look any further into this, which I probably should have. But anyway, he said this: uh, the cell nuclei don't point any certain direction. Therefore. Or that's what they thought. That's what they thought. So they did. They didn't think that they pointed any certain direction, and so they figured. They assumed that hypothetically, time travel in any direction would be possible for a cell nucleus. And I don't know why. I mean, there's like a huge logical gap there between like why that that is the case. You know, I don't know. I don't get it. But they've since discovered that. Uh, researchers confirm the existence of a pear-shaped atomic nucleus. So it is pointing somewhere. Hmm. I guess the, the small side is pointing forward? somewhere. Forward? Backwards? Like it's moving away from it? I... Uh, and then he's, he just goes on. I'll, I'll read you the first paragraph. It basically sums up the whole article. You don't have to read it anymore. Researchers Lay it on us, j Dog. Researchers confirmed the existence of a pear-shaped atomic nucleus compared to most nuclei, which are disc-like. 
Oh, oh, so I guess it's just some some nuclei. Spherical or football-shaped, that might help us better understand the universe. Unfortunately, that understanding could be a real bummer for Back to the Future truthers. So because they're, essentially because they are pointing somewhere, it means they can't travel backwards, and I don't really get... So, I don't know, take his word for it. Well, I mean, like it, like I said, like the way I've always thought of it is like, and I think I said this in the first episode, is that if you were to move faster than the speed of light or close to the speed of light or whatever, uh-huh. if you were able to do that, you would go forward in time without aging yourself, essentially. It's yeah. not really time travel. You're that's, allowing everything around you to move faster than you. That's the Einstein special relativity theory. Yes, and so, but it's only forward. Pretty well established. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's only forward. You can't like you can't go slower than the speed of light. We're kind of we we've done that. You don't really end up back in time, per se. I mean, like, but there are the only way you go faster, you can go back in time, though, right? You could slingshot though, like that's the like. I mean, are you talking about orbiting black hole? Yeah. So, but but still, so the research I found about orbiting a black hole, though. Um, I'm going to have to, sorry, it's going to take me a second to like find that part of the article that I was reading. Um, oh goodness, this is horrible. So the, I, the like, theory, I should have marked this better. Go ahead. The theory that, that I think you're probably trying to find is like is not going through a black hole because we don't know if we'd be able to get out, but just Correct. getting close to a black hole. It's so dense that the time is warped there and so if you orbit it it's like you're going close to it's like you're approaching light speed because the density makes you traveling farther if that makes any sense you know farther faster see now i don't remember if it was in one of the videos that's the thing is that kind of what you that's essentially it is that it basically it says if you like teetered on the edge of a black hole then you could Essentially, that energy like helps you. Oh, I forget exactly how it phrased it. This is horrible. Yeah, like I mean, it, it was essentially that though. You don't go through the black hole. You kind of teeter on the edge of it, mm-hmm. and teetering on the edge of it slows time down enough for you, while everything else in the universe moves at the same speed, and that allows you to go forward in time. Because like, so you teeter on the edge of a black hole. You kind of just dwell there for, let's say, a year or two. And then you go back, and it's been like 10 or 15 years on Earth. Mm-hmm. So you've gone in the future, theoretically, because it's relative to you. Because like time is only as relative as where you are. So if you're at the black hole, and that essentially freezes time for you, or at least slows it down. Yeah. Then when you go back to Earth, it's like advanced 10 to 15 years, and you've gone forward in time. But again, there's no... So the only way... <laughs> this is the annoying thing, is I found an article that said time travel is possible... And has already happened. Oh, good. Yes. End of episode. Yeah, right, exactly. So By the way, it's... we said that so often in the first episode. Yes, I know. And then we kept going in circles. I remember this now. This is why it was unlistenable. Oh, this is horrible. We kept going through the paper. We folded the paper, mm-hmm. and then we kept going through it, and we just fell again and again. It was like portal. It was ridiculous. Okay, so actually, this is the article that says the thing... You hang out next to a black hole for a while. You come back, get out of your ship. It will be any number of years into the future. 
whatever you want, all depending on how close to the edge of the black hole and how long you hung out there. Oh, yeah. This is time travel to the future, but time travel has already happened. Here is their evidence right here. Serial ISS resident Sergei Kurkralov, which I believe Jimmy referenced in the first episode. I did hang out in there long enough to hear that. He is the longest amount of time spent in space at 803 days, 9 hours, and 39 minutes. That's right. Since ISS travels at a particular speed when orbiting the Earth, and due to the high speed and length of time which he spent in, st- in space, the cosmonaut actually arrived back on Earth 0.02 seconds in the future thanks to a process known as time dilation. Yeah. Yeah, so what, he's like, did, he's like a minute older it. than everybody else that's born on his birthday, right? No, like less than that. Oh, I guess a minute's too much. Indistinguishable, but yes, you did say he was two minutes older, I believe is what you said in the first episode. Yeah, again, well, you said that, that was very towards wrong. the beginning. <laughs> but again, he's in the future. And so he this this particular physicist, let me get his first name. His last name is Green. Um, let's see here. Come on, we're at the beginning of the article. They gotta say his name somewhere. Brian Green from Columbia University. At the end, he summarizes this entire topic by saying, no one is given a definitive proof that you can't travel to the past, but every time we look at the proposals and detail it, it, it seems kind of clear that they're right at the edge of the known laws of physics. And most of us feel that when physics progresses to a point that we understand things even better, these proposals will just be ruled out and they won't work. So he's saying they can't conclusively prove that it's not possible to travel into the past, However, he thinks the more they learn about physics, the more they will prove that the, the more they'll prove that that is true, then that they might come discover some theory that or some proof that like, oh yeah, you can go back in time by doing this, this, and that. So I did. I found a few scenarios where you might be able to go back. Okay, let's hear them. Well, wormholes. Wormhole. Yeah, but that seems like pseudoscience to me. Well. Uh, Einstein theorized them in his theory of general relativity. But did he theorize them as a way to go back in time or just as like a time just as continuum? Like space-time portals. But a lot of other things that he theorized at the time uh, didn't actually, weren't observable, but have since become so. Such as something that we, <laughs> we recently covered. Oh, the... Uh, Oh dang it! What was it? Going to the middle of the Earth? No, it was oh. it was toward the beginning of the last season. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm not gonna spend time looking it up. It was. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up while you're talking. It was one of our news items. Okay. At the beginning of some episode, I don't remember what. Gravity particle. Maybe. So. uh so yeah, he that's so that's one way. But the there's a bit of a limitation to wormholes and you can only go back to the time that the wormhole was created. It's not gonna take you back to oh, a that specific makes point, you know, that you specify. Oh. So, I mean that's the theory, right? We don't know because we haven't observed the wormhole yet, much less been able to get to it. So uh but so uh, Einstein's Einstein's contemporary, Kurt Gödel, uh, came to a different conclusion to some of Einstein's questions, which would allow for backward time travel. Ooh. And it's a lot of math that I, I think probably 
like most people don't understand because he was he's touted as being one of the most brilliant mathematicians ever. Okay. And certainly of his generation, maybe the, the most advanced. But um, even Einstein said how brilliant he was. And uh, so basically his theory boiled down is that you go out to the, you exit the universe and then you, if, so you exit the universe and if the universe is spinning, then you would be able to travel back in time in a spaceship by going the opposite direction or continue. Okay. Yeah. Something, so something like the that. The universe spinning backwards. Like, and then you enter, yeah, then you re-enter and then come back to Earth and it would be back. You would be back in time. You can oh. get back before you left. But okay. that's that's pretty... We don't know the limits of our universe. Right. We have never been outside our solar system, much less our galaxy, much, much less the 100 billion galaxies that are probably so, in our universe. So... So let me see. Let me see if I understand this. So he's theorizing that we're in a spinning mass of some sort. Let's say it's a sphere for like, you know, the, to keep it easy to describe verbally. Let's so see. we're in it. We're inside of a spinning mass. You take some sort of spacecraft or God knows what. You go outside of the spinning mass, and you don't just stand still while it continues to spin. You go the opposite direction, faster than it's moving. I think that's what it was. I, you shoot back into it, and then you land on Earth, and you're like, well, look at that. It's 300 years in, in the past. Sure. I could imagine that. Because if you, if you think about it, if you leave Earth, like, let's scale it down. You leave Earth, and you, like, you'd have, it, this would take an enormous amount of energy, considering the gravitational field of the Earth, but... You leave Earth, you go out far enough so that you could go in the reverse direction of Earth more rapidly than it's spinning. You could go back as far in time, in theory, as far in time as the beginning of the day, but how do you get past... How do you get back further than that, though? You know? Like, that's still... like I And even that, even what I just said doesn't necessarily... I feel like there's <laughs> unanswered questions in it. You know, if you... If you just fly around Earth in the opposite direction uh, fast enough and enough times, you end up in tomorrow, though. I don't think you? I think you can. You know, you can turn it back to back before Lois Lane was killed. Oh, uh, I knew you were going to reference that. That makes way more sense now. I knew. I knew it. I knew Superman had the idea the entire time. <laughs> you guys, we've been thinking about this the wrong way. What we really need to do is find Krypton. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, where we, that's, that's where we need to start that's, that's step one and they totally never explain the fact that Superman flies backwards and then goes back to a time line that he's already in and doesn't see himself he just flies back to Lois Lane and saves her and that never made any sense to me he would have been there crying over her dying like he does because we all know he cries I'm pretty sure he cried naturally <laughs> so I have been through over the last week I've been thinking about, like, if... I'm trying to remember what I said, like, my last, like, line was in the show of, like, where I thought time travel was possible or not possible. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure what I said was is that it was only possible in one direction. And it was in the idea of, like... I think it was Stephen Hawking was talking about, like, the whole like you send a ship faster than the speed of light or as fast as the speed of light in a direction for X amount of years and you come back and 
everybody on the ship would have aged for three years, but everybody on Earth would have aged like 500 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that is true, at, at least in the research I found. Right. So like that is the thing that I've always thought is possible. And I thought that was kind of like what you were saying earlier, like the only way it's possible is to be, is to go forward. And I actually think that's wrong. I think it is. Oh, no. I actually think it's possible to go both backwards and forwards and in any direction you want. I just don't think humans can ever do it. So here's, here's, <laughs> sorry, that's, that's probably a really deep and abstract, but. I don't think humans are capable of doing it because I don't think we're capable of perceiving time correctly. I okay. think there's been, a, there's been a lot of science in the last couple of years, and maybe this is some of the stuff that you've seen, Kyle, where it's like, uh, I just looked up the, the term because I can't remember what it's called, but you ever heard of internalism? No. Internalism is the philosophy of time where all moments and all instances of time are happening at the same time. Eternalism? In Yeah, eternalism. Sorry, not internalism. Eternalism, you're right. Where there, uh, all moments are happening simultaneously. So all the same moments that Alexander Great, that Alexander the Great is going through, he's going through right now with us in the same moment. As like time is like the fourth dimension. They talk about it like the block universe. Yeah. So the reason why I think we're not capable of doing it is because like if you think about like all whole perception of like smell is based off of an organ that we have, which is our nose, which allows us to smell things, right? Our nose and our brain. Yeah. So yeah. our whole perception of sight is based off of our eyeballs and our brain, right? But we look at other eyes in, like, other animals and stuff, and there are some animals that see way better than us and some animals that see way worse than us. There are some animals that can't perceive color, so they have no idea what color is. Right. So I believe that time travel is possible and it will only be possible once we discover and invent artificial intelligence. Because I believe that machines, since they don't have a perception and they would be able right. to create whatever perception that they need, they would be able to travel back and forth in time. That makes enough sense because like, I saw Terminator today, just today, <laughs> trying to kill somebody. Yep. Okay, so interesting thing. When you Wikipedia eternalism in the philosophy of time, guess what comes up, Jesse Human? I'm sorry, J Dog. Guess what comes up? Uh, let me see. I don't know. Your time what? is up. McTaggart's what? What? argument. Oh, yes, McTaggart. About A series and B series and then C series. I was going to bring up McTaggart. And I'm you sure brought it, you had it in your it. research, and that is what jumped out at me in this Wikipedia article from That's hell. Right. That is longer than <sighs> I have time to pay attention to it. Tell us about John M.E. McTaggart's paper called The Unreality of Time from the turn of the last century. Yes, The Unreality of Time. So that yeah, this was good. This was something that that we talked about at length uh, in the last one. So I don't want to spend a lot of time with it here. Yes. But and there's the A series and the B series and the C series. But basically, they all kind of are the same thing. And that is that it's almost the opposite of is that what is that what Wikipedia says? It's the opposite of ontological view of time which is eternalism so that is that means that all the events all all events are current they're all equally real i think is the definition that they would use he considered change to be an essential part of any reasonable definition of time 
Yes. He said Jamie, the A-series time is, was logically incoherent. That's what he said. Oh, so which is what you're saying. Gotcha. So the, is the A-series then what he's calling, or what we're calling eternalism? No, that's his B-theory, according to this okay. same thing that I'm doing, yeah, yeah. I think. But this is, yeah, he really boils it down. I mean, this is, philosophically, he, like, nails it. So, what I got out of this, I'll just... I didn't, I didn't actually reread it, so I'm kind of going off what I said the first time, which is probably okay. wrong. That's fair. Um, but basically, it's that time is just... I think his theory is that all events are not concurrent. They're not, they're not equally weighted, and they're not all happening all the time. But that is a theory that some people hold to. His theory is more that things happen and then other things happen and then other things happen. They build off of each other. Mm-hmm. Is that and the idea? And that is time. And that is, you know, change is time. Change if things if things are not changing, nothing is progressing, and then time is not moving. That's basically what I got out of McTaggart. Mm-hmm. That's good because this paper is like. I mean, we're going to post it again. I'm assuming yeah. it's again. This paper, though, my goodness gracious. Yeah, it's, it's heavy. It is long it's and deep. heavy. It's a good one. It's exciting, though. It's exciting in the vein of what we're talking about. I mean, yet again, I'm sure we said this before, but, I mean, it, it, for me at least, it, valid, it, validates, it validates the scientific reasoning I have that we can only go forward we can't go backward. Is that, like, because the events that are happening right now are built off the things of the past... Like there's really no way to go back and reinvent them because you kind of invalidate yourself. It's that whole. It's the whole thing. Like we, you know, that gets joked about in like back in time movies, is that you know there's the paradox of seeing yourself or somehow interacting with anybody related to you, and it's like if you kind of follow the loose, loose, I guess philosophy that everybody's six degrees separated from everybody else, then you're you're going to affect your future. If you were able to go back in time and do anything at all, you're going to affect your own future, whether it be like on the fringe or directly. So it's dangerous to go back in time. And I think that, I mean, if, if you ascribe to a higher power, which I do, I would think that that would just be illogical. Like we, if, you know, if we are created beings then that was part of the creation is that things only go one direction. You can't change the past so you can't go back there. But I guess you could go to the future? Shrug? Like big shrug? Uh. We, yeah, I mean, we made the point in our other episode that we're all going to the future. Just we're all going at the same rate. So the only way that, I mean, the only way you do anything different is to go faster to the future. Right. Well, that's like one of these, so one of these like articles explain it really well, like, at the very beginning when it started to like quantify things, it says mm-hmm. that we are all moving at the same rate of time, which is one hour per hour. Huh. One hour per hour. Yes. But when you start talking about it, you have to start with a you have to start with some verifiable constant that everybody agrees is a constant. So that's why the article starts with like starts with that before it starts going off into this like you know, you could you can go sit on the fringe of a black hole for five years, and then when you come back, it'll have been 50 or 60 years, you know? Like, 
It just and you'll you'll still be the same age. You'll still be five years old. And frankly, I think there's another dimension of that that maybe maybe we're not seeing is that like age. I mean, like age and time, like is kind of like we're we're relating that to like uh-huh. the way we quantify right. time, which is how fast the Earth spins. But like, if you don't put age or aging up against any like any time reference, like whatever happens in that duration still happens in that duration, I would think, unless it's directly related to, like, ultraviolet or something about our atmosphere or any of those things. And if that's the case, huh. if, if you want to, like, appear or experience life at, like, longer intervals, I guess, then why not just remove the entropy variables and, like, live in the space station for, you know, your lifetime... And then, like, may- maybe something about the atmosphere and the UV, like, just doesn't affect you the same way. So you don't necessarily, like, go back and forth in time, but you live to be, like, 900 years old or something. Does that make sense? Or maybe, Am I describing maybe you right? die earlier because, I mean, we just don't know what happens. We, we, right. We haven't, we, we haven't figured out what happens if you just remove all, like, all known entropy from the, the scenario. We don't know what happens to your body. Which would be a great experiment. Yeah, I just don't know who's willing to do it. Like, I think, I, it. honestly, I think we're going to find <laughs> out. Well, of course you would. You're going to go to Mars and never come back, you weirdo. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not, but, I'm not quite that crazy. But that, that, honestly, though, speaking of that scenario, that is when I think we're going to find that out. Is I think as soon as we send a manned mission away from Earth or away from, like, the effects of, like I said, known entropy, because I'm not saying it doesn't still exist other places in the universe. It's just... We only know how it affects things here. Mm-hmm. We haven't sent an object way out into God knows where and then brought it back after, you know, a time where it should have perished or been perishable and then seen what happened to it. We haven't done any of that because, like, that's not really practical science, but I think that's going to be byproduct science. Like, when we send people to Mars who are just going to die there, do they die before they even get there? Are they oh. going to die, like... You know, from no accident, do they just die on the way there from some unknown thing we didn't realize, or are they going to die the like a week after they get there? Like we just don't know these things. That's a that's not quite it's not quite the same thing what I'm about to say, but it's the it's very similar to when they first started doing like intercontinental sailing, like really large sailing Ooh. ships. They had lots of uh, in Magellan's journeys from. You know, wherever he started from with the Europe and Spain and all that stuff and going to Asia, there's a lot of records of them being very confused and trying. I think it had something to do with taxes at the time because you, for however many days you were sailing, you had to like pay that much if you were renting the ship or whatever. And yeah. there were discrepancies whenever he would go back and forth between Asia because there was always an extra day and they couldn't figure out why there was an extra day. And they found out that every single ship that was leaving from Europe and going to Asia was having an extra day in their logs, and that was because they didn't understand the different time zones. And that's when they discovered was that, that, oh, it's actually different. If you're sailing into the eastern, you're sailing as the sun is rising, you're actually losing time. So I imagine you're right. I imagine as we start to expand and start to travel and start to do things in space, we're going to start figuring out like, oh, you can't travel X amount of time because now you're now you're a year older than you should be. <laughs> Whoops. Right. Like I mean, what? Sorry. Like, we know what we know what happened to poor Sergey, but like, 
that he he was up there for a relatively short amount of time. Like eight hundred and three days is what just under three years, mm-hmm. or just over two years, I guess. But and he's just orbiting the planet. He's not flying right. away. But from like, it, but think about it. If he's orbiting the planet, he's going faster than we are on the surface of the Earth. He's actually experiencing more days than us. That's true. You know, like if if we're going to qualify a day as like the Earth rotating one time. He goes around the thing faster than it spins, so he's experiencing more days under those terms. But hmm. like, but duration-wise, that's not what's happening because his frame of reference is different, and that's where I think we're going to run into like weirdness with the effects on our bodies. Is that like we we don't we just don't know anything? Like we're going to find out some really you know some really horrific accidental way that living in space, like being born in space and living in space your entire life has some strange effect. It may be something really cool, but, you know, I'm a defeatist, so I think it's going to be something horrible. Do you remember when we, when we first talked about this, I remember us talking about what they did with a clock in an airplane, where it's like you take two yeah. clocks and you make an atomic clock, yeah. That's right. And you fly. So, help me understand, an, an atomic clock, is that analog or is that digital? Is that like a digital thing or is that analog? I believe it's. I believe it's like a digital thing. Cause it, it, I mean, like satellite. I think you're asking if it's mechanic or if it's computerized. Right. I think it's computerized. Okay. Because my my just, question for it that seems is to satellites, doesn't it? Atomic clocks. I thought it used it used a it used like an atomic power source for a period of time, and that's something that is far more consistent. I'm gonna oh, look okay. it up. Yeah, Keep yeah, talking, Jimmy. Well, I thought atomic clocks work off of the vibration of an atom, right? So like that's what it's it's. Co- not cooks and Adam. That's what I refer here to. Here we go. Here we go. So it is not a mechanical device. An atomic clock is a clock device that uses an electronic transition frequency in the microwave, optical, or ultraviolet region of the electromagnetic spectrum of atoms as a frequency standard for timekeeping element. Hmm. Well, so they u- it uses it uses atoms atom spacing. Because if you remember right, like you can only get them so close. We talked about that a, what, a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. It uses atoms are e- evenly and equally spaced, and so it uses the distance between the two as a timekeeping element. That's what it. That's what, how this reads to me. But don't quote me on that. Okay. Anyway, that's not the point you were saying. My my point was I was curious if it was mechanical or if it was digital because I'm curious to, if the change is actually time itself slowing down or if it's just the gravity on the mechanisms that are affecting the change like let's see if this article has anything about it I don't think it does though because I, I totally agree with the fact that like once we started traveling to other planets and start doing like lots of lots of space travel I don't know if it's necessarily will happen in our lifetime but I think our grandchildren will start to see it happen a lot more like a lot more like cruises and stuff happening in space and I think as we start to do that we're really going to start to figure out some weird stuff and I don't I really don't think our understanding of it is going to be enough I think we're really going to have to rely on machines to keep track of all of that and but I guess it doesn't help very much because if actually time is being manipulated the machine won't be able to understand it either there is an interesting bit in this article about something called a optic clock that is apparently more accurate than an atomic clock. Which, it, like, go figure, Jesse, was a discovery made in August of 2016. 
Oh, yes. Awesome. So apparently they've established a phase-coherent frequency link connecting Paris and this city, I'm not going to attempt to butcher their name, using telecom fiber-optic cables. Hmm. So I guess it's no different than us picking Greenwich as like the, 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 the reference time and then moving either forward or backwards based on the time zone we're in. This is just picking, like, in, in their case. And keep in mind, I didn't read this whole article, so I could totally, this could totally be out of my butt. But they pick Paris as the reference, and instead of, like, counting up or back based on typical time zones, they're actually just broadcasting that time forward to the next city over that it's, like, connected with fiber optics hmm. with some super high-fast, newfangled fiber optic cable. Yeah, this sounds like BS to me. Like, what I'm saying sounds like BS. No. Either way, hyper-accurate clock. I wonder I wonder if they could conduct the same experiment, though, Jimmy. Well, it sounds like it has to travel through fiber optic. I don't think they could then, right? It wouldn't have to be connected to the ground. Says who, bro? Well, I mean, I don't know. We have space elevators now. Come on. Uh, <laughs> we have them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have them. Would okay. Nice. Would be nice if we had them. So, Jesse, I don't... Do you have any other new... new? I don't know, new angles on this? I had a Templar Cylinder. Ooh, that sounds really fascinating. Templar Cylinder it. is not a new idea, but I hadn't heard of it before. So, the Templar Cylinder is used to make a closed timeline curve, which I... Sounded familiar to me, but I don't remember hearing it in our first episode. But anyway, the the closed timelike curve is something that you can use to manipulate how time passes for a person, okay, for an individual. Uh, and there's there's been a lot of, of theories about how to create one, and uh, Hawking has Hawking's has one. Uh, in a paper in 1992, uh, this guy, Lawrence had, oh yeah, Como, Lance Ghost, uh, Willem Jacob, Van Stockholm. So a lot of people have, have theorized about the closed timeline curve. But the Tipler cylinder is a, it's a long and large cylinder and he's he says if you travel around it enough times and at the right speed I guess you can go back in time. You can make a closed time like curve and, and use that to go back. In back like backwards in time mm -hmm. though. Light cones. By light way cones. of light combs. Light combs? Oh I didn't see that. Like, co yeah. like cones. Oh cones. Well, this is this is in the Wikipedia article. That's oh. my god. I was looking for a summary with references, and that's what I found. So cool. But this is the. It's a, it's a uh, paper called "Rotating Cylinders and the Possibility of Global Causality Violation." Oh yeah, the causality. Yeah, yeah. So there's a cool page I found, uh, the Anderson Institute, and okay. it's where history is becoming an experimental science. Hmm. <laughs> Bless me. Oh. Sorry. Bless you. Uh, so the Anderson Institute is pretty cool. I'll link to it. I'll send you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really interesting. The official site of the World Encyclopedia of Time, the Time Shop, 
and the Time Research Association. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff on here. The, there are a lot of articles, that is for certain. Yes. The, and good, okay, like, so, good science, too. I mean, you know, as good as it can be. Yeah, like it, yeah, right. It doesn't look like it's ridiculous, that's for certain. Like it's, you know, I don't know, like the foil hat guys. Right. So that's okay, so it's a good resource, Anderson. I think so. So Jimmy, mm-hmm. has your opinion changed at all? Like, I mean, you're always like hyper, Mister. It's possible because nobody can prove it otherwise. So in the, in the three years since we've asked this question of ourselves, how do you feel? I think it is absolutely possible. I I do. I don't think it's possible right now. Both directions. Yes. And you think you can go backwards and forwards through time? And I think you can go sideways. Whoa. Do, <laughs> that is some timey-wimey craziness, sir. I think, I do believe it is possible. And I think it is, I think it's actually, I would go as far as saying it is possible to travel in time. I would like okay. to say it's impossible impossible to actually alter events impossible to alter events yes I think it may be possible to dra- travel and view events I think it may be possible to be in it but if we as humans are only capable of perceiving time a certain way which sounds like from a lot of stuff that I've read and a lot of things that you know we've talked about it a few times and uh-huh. other people have talked about it it sounds like even though we have mathematics and things to kind of show that there may be a different philosophy of time and like even like the theory of relativity showing that time kind of doesn't work the way we think it does we for whatever reason always go to the you know sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening and we have this very linear view of time and i don't necessarily think that's environmental i think that's just the way our organ that we have to perceive time does it I think it's mm-hmm. very similar to, like, I bet you there are a lot of animals that perceive time differently than we do. Um, and Or maybe they don't. Maybe the whole idea of us even seeing time is how we perceive it. Uh, what I'm saying is is that I I think it's... If, if someone was to travel back in time, you are now no longer part of the linear timeline, right? Because you're traveling outside of it. You have an ability to travel it. So you're now something different, which means that I don't have the ability to perceive you. If somebody was to travel into my living room right now from the future or from the past, they have, if I'm comprehending this right, which is kind of hard because, you, you like I said earlier, humans can't comprehend it. So I don't even know if I'm talking about the right thing. So, ha. Ah. Uh, but... If someone was to leave the linear timeline in the way that I perceive it and jump into my timeline, I will have no way to comprehend who they are or what they're doing. Even if an object was to do it, there's no way for your brain to comprehend what it is. Because your your brain is the thing that's stringing together events. And if it's if it even for a second sees something that it doesn't make any sense, it's just going to erase it. We see we see that all the time in optical illusions. Your brain, if it sees something, it will just make a shortcut and cut something. It will just, you know, we see it in optical illusions, we see it in magic tricks. The brain is something that's really, really easy to fool in a way because the brain is so adaptive. If it sees something it doesn't understand, it just throws out that data. So I imagine that if someone was to travel through time 
and sit in my living room, I will not be able to comprehend them. And I'm, I would guarantee I wouldn't be able to see them. Which, there are a few people in the world that believe that that's where ghosts come from, is people actually time traveling. Because we can't comprehend mm-hmm. them necessarily, but we kind of can sense them, because they're kind of here, but they're kind of not. So that's amazing. Wow. About. That's that's interesting. That's a way to wrap back in like a bunch of episodes you weren't even a part of. Jimmy, <laughs> that's, a, that's impressive. Yeah. See, I went back and listened. <laughs> <laughs> in time, maybe. Yeah. So but, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. That's a really interesting theory. Do you think, though, that if it's not a human that's perceiving it like a picture, like if I took a photograph of this alleged man in your living room or woman in your living room that traveled back in time, do you think that the camera would have something there? Or do you think that, like, this just applies to everything in that particular timeline, like, just can't understand it? It's not just humans. It's everything. Well, I don't know. I guess it goes back to possibly... I mean, the seeing something in the picture has a lot to do with the light being captured, right? So it has yeah. how your eye perceives light, because you're still seeing light, you're just seeing captured light. So, you know, and maybe maybe that's a way of documenting it. Maybe that's a way of... Well, but we have know. pictures of ghosts, though, too. So I guess, I mean, like, that kind of, like, your ghost theory actually really, really makes a lot of sense. Might, right. might freak Eric out a little bit, our friend Eric, who <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you... Uh, you may know him, I have no idea, but... Uh, nonetheless, that's that's really interesting. That is an interesting way to think about it. Like it's very very matrixy. Like the mm-hmm. way they explain deja vu in the Matrix always blew my mind. It was like a really inventive way to explain away deja vu and the feeling. Oh, is that see. somebody else is just redrawing something you've seen before? So the way your brain processes it is like this unexplained phenomenon we all like know is deja vu. But they explain it as a glitch, right? It's a glitch in right. the Matrix. It's a glitch in the Matrix, but, like, they're explaining what humans, like, know as deja vu as a glitch in the Matrix. And that if you didn't know the Matrix existed, you just kind of, like, brush it away as, like, oh, it's this thing that happens. Okay. So maybe that's something we should... Maybe that's a thread we should tug at eventually is deja vu, but I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of research there is into that. I'm sure there is some, just because the Internet oh. is a vast, vast place, but... Sure, it's wild. <laughs> Every time we we do something like that, where we say, "I don't know, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what's out there about this," it ends up being some of the best, like most crazy stuff that we ever do. Well, then I think that's on the list. We got to throw that one on the list. Let's put it on the list. I'm, I'm navigating to the list right now. Excellent. So, Jesse, while you're navigating to the list, if you if you can uh, devote a couple of brain cycles to what what you think has changed for you in regards to time travel in the last three years? Um, it's just okay. Just in my in my ability to explain how impossible time travel is, I think is the only the only thing that's changed. <laughs> uh, I still don't think that that it's possible. It's just I mean it's not even a technological thing for me. It's philosophical. The, the, uh, the causal chain is just, it's just nonsensical to think that you could, you could have a cause before an effect. I mean, an effect before a cause. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's just, it's just so, it's not, it's not a thing, you know, time, time is not a thing. It's not, it's not a map. It's not a line. It's not linear. 
it's not you can't just go forward and backward on it it's yeah I, I think that's the best way to, to express what I'm thinking time is not something time is just a it's it's something that we made up to process sequences of events and it's not something that you can go back in hmm. I feel like did we I can't remember one of us talked about that but isn't that something we talked about in the first episode where we said it was similar to like traveling through like the idea of traveling through time would be like traveling through math like it's something we invented yeah yeah, you did. You said that that exact phrase. Well, it's, I mean, but it's something that it's we invented like to better understand our universe. So, I mean, maybe uh, as our our understanding of the universe grows, we we will be able to better define what we think time is. I mean, like they kind of allude to it in science fiction, right? Like, there's like star dates in Star Trek, and there's not. I mean, I've never looked it up because I've just never had. I've never thought to look it up, but like. I don't know if they do a really good explanation as to why there's a different way to express, like, the day or the time in Star Trek. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, like, that would be an interesting thing to, like, discover is that, like, oh, well, it's because, you know, of course they've learned more about the way time happens in outer space and in other planets when it's not, like, one rotation of the Earth kind of a thing. That could be it. I don't know. Do you think that if we, like, discover more about the universe, Jesse, that we might find some possibility there I think we'll just keep discovering how impossible it is hmm. like like the most recent research that I found for this oh scientists just found another way that it's impossible thanks thanks for killing our dreams scientists <laughs> you just ruin everything yeah. I knew it this is why this is why I can't be a scientist <laughs> I, like, I like to ruin people's days but not like this yeah well, what do you think? How do you feel? Uh, I don't know. I tend to I tend to lean more on your side of things. I'm not going to say Jesse's like a, a negative all the time, even though he always says things are impossible. I think he's more practical. But uh, I kind of lean more towards your end of things. I'm wildly optimistic <clears throat> that somebody out there will figure out a way a, a way that this works, like that we've. I mean, we used to understand the world as flat. I think I used that example in the first episode, too. We used to understand the world as flat. That was our understanding of the world. And we found out after we explored a little bit more and we learned more about our world that it's not only not flat, it's, like, round, and there's other stuff there, and there's other people living on the other side of it. You know, like, there, there's things we learned about the planet. We're still learning things about the planet. And I just feel, I hope, beyond hope, apparently, that the more we learn about time and the more we learn about the way people relate through time or relate to time rather and the way the universe works within our current understanding of time or outside of our current understanding of time that we'll find out some I don't know major breakthrough or sets of breakthroughs that will make this more of a possibility that's my optimism though hmm I like it I think it's a, I think it's a direction to go. It's a linear direction to go over time. I think I think I can stick with that. What do you think, Jesse? Uh, I'm okay with it. I don't know. I, I think you're dead wrong, but there's a <laughs> there's a that theory. That was a nice way to put it, though. Thanks for uh, letting me down easy. <laughs> there's a theory that that says you wouldn't be able to travel back in in your own timeline, but you could 
you could travel back in time to a different, uh, like, a different dimension, a different universe, a parallel universe of your own time, of your own existence kind of thing. But without you. I don't know. Or with you. Yeah, uh, I don't understand. It doesn't matter. I mean, the whole thing's irrelevant because it's not going to happen. Oh, for <laughs> Okay. Well, at the risk of not doing what we did the first time and driving ourselves in circles for another hour, uh, I think that's it for now. Don't you think they're Jesse and Jimmy? Yeah, I think so. I think I feel pretty good. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess that's it for this one, right? Like, what, what, what are we talking about next, Jesse? Do you know? I don't actually have the list up in front of me right now. So Let's see. I am closer oh, to having a list. You got, you got it. it. You got I it. I got it. So the next core episode we are doing is photosynthesis in humans. Oh or yeah, schedule. Right. That's right. Which that I was no uh, bearing on whatsoever. That was not in our original uh, plan for this, but oh. I put modular cities in twice, and we've already done modular cities. So now I had to find something to to, to pinch hit for photosynthesis in humans. That is a, that sounds like. Yeah. A, very deep. Yeah, I heard a, I heard a claim that that is the next uh, stage in evolution for humans. So we're going to investigate that claim. <laughs> I think that's that's nice. This will be good. Like, I've never even heard of it before. Like, not even remotely. So I'm excited. Excellent. Well, that's good. Cool. Well, that's like, I think that's, that's going to be the first release of December, if everything goes well. Like, this week's Thanksgiving in the U.S. And I, I'm, I'm going to have a baby. Well, my uh-huh. wife's going to have a baby tomorrow, so I'm going to be a little tied up. Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna, but I'm going to be a little tied up this week. So if, if there's an episode next week, it'll be some sort of independent review, bonus overview, type bonus type thing. We're still mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that fourth episode of month is, but now that Jimmy's back, we're going to make him decide. Nah. I actually would really like to do like uh, kind of like what we've done today, where we've where we've talked about an old episode we did, I think because sure. the first couple for the first couple of episodes are in a lot of ways so bad. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, but we the topics, big topics, we topics, big so topics. Good. we, we mm-hmm. jumped pretty like this. I like talking about time travel again because I've had a lot of years to like think about stuff and let it sink in a lot longer. <laughs> It's so scientific, you, so uh, precise. I'm not going to try and pretend to be scientific. Not about not. stuff. Just think about stuff, and it's like you know, it, when you're you're working on a puzzle before, and then gone to sleep, and then wake up the next day, and then solve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. that's something that I think we talk we talk about such like big. We talked about time travel, and then what was the very next thing we talked about? Like like teleportation. Teleportation, yeah. like. And like, computer sentience, like we picked some pretty big core topics, but what'll be fun now is going back and talking about them again. Like you said, like reviewing them is going to be half the I, fun of doing them the first time. I, would I mean, love, twice the fun. I don't know how to do it, but I would love to be able to play back one of our episodes and record a commentary to it. Yeah. I feel like that would be like twice the boring, half the fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. But that, that's in that's in uh, that's in personal Kyle math. So who knows? Well, I would love to go back and revisit a few things. Teleportation. I think we're going to. I think yeah. I think that's the plan. This is the first step in that plan. So, regardless, right. when, like if you don't hear anything from us next week, you will definitely hear something from us in two weeks. 
And in that time, have a good Thanksgiving. If you celebrate it in uh, in the U.S., I think Canada has a similar holiday around this time. So it's already passed. It's already passed. Canadian Thanksgiving was a month ago, wasn't it? Something like that. Okay. Well, either way, whatever you're doing this week, enjoy, and we will talk to you either next week or the week after. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on Twitter, Facebook, and email. Questions, topic suggestions, corrections, and rants are always welcome. Also, find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion. Impossiblethingspodcast.com for all things impossible. Impossible.